Welcome to Logically, a show where we talk about the logical emotional splits of people, events, and rarely politics. Actually, that rarely is not <laughs> being so rarely recently. Uh, politics seems to seep its way through a lot, and that's just solely because it kind of seeps into a lot of uh, different topics. Actually, what is... Well, first, let's see. What is the definition of politics? Okay, well, de politics definition, there we go. I just typed in politics on Google, and that didn't go too well. Uh, the activities associated with the governance of a country or other area, especially the debate or conflict among individuals or parties having or hoping to achieve power. Uh, well, yeah, that is definitely something that seeps into all faucets of life. So just because, you know, people and politics has to do with people and choices with people at power. Now, that's a big thing. It's a huge thing, especially when it comes to this episode. Not sure if there's a warning needed this episode. Uh, I've literally recorded this as my second recording of this episode now because I am bad at actually getting this done, basically. No, I, I just messed up with my last episode, and it wasn't what I wanted it to be, so I'm going to do it again. You know, you're getting a little bit of a... You're getting a rehearsed podcast this time. I did it once already. The issue this time is fear and why it's a thing, pretty much. So, the quick answer to why is fear a thing, so that, you know, if you just listen to podcasts to get the answer, here you go. Fear is a survival instinct necessary to respond to events with uncertain outcome. Now, okay, if that's what you're there, there, quick answer. <laughs> uh, now we go to the long answer. Fear is that. It is, you know, it is an instinct that is necessary to help us respond to uncertain outcomes. If you don't know what the outcome is going to be, you get anxious. Anxiety is a byproduct of fear. If you don't know the outcome of something else, you might hate it. You might, you know, get angry, you know, that kind of thing. Fear leads into a lot of stuff. And there's going to be a lot of future episodes that are going to be based off of what fear does. It's going to be a lot of future episodes based off of what does it affect? Who does it affect? You know, what policies in government? Maybe, maybe that'll be a future episode. I don't know. You're going to have to let me know if you want that one because... I don't know if I really want to do that one. And it's it's ironic to talk about fear today. Ironic and uh, actually something I wish people talked about more on this day. Uh, I'm recording this on September 11th. Um, of course, that is the anniversary of September 11th, 20, or 2001, where the Twin Towers were hit, yeah, the two World Trade Centers were hit, and the Pentagon, and I think a plane also landed just in a field somewhere. Um, and a lot of people lost their lives, unfortunately. It was a very bad event. But a lot of hate was spewed from that day. There was, of course, everybody in the United States talks about unity. Everybody in the United States talks about how we stuck together. We fought together. You know, we, we were automatically just like, it's okay. We're together. We have this together. Nobody talks about the, the fear and the hatred that was born that day. Because after that day, there was this giant amount of hatred generated towards Muslim Americans. This giant amount of hatred developed towards Muslims in general. Um, the war on terror really started that day. It already had really started, you know, realistically. But, like, that's the day that it went mainstream. Because they had publicly attacked us like that on U.S. soil, nonetheless. Something that has only happened one other time. And that was in World War II when they bombed Pearl Harbor. This was in New York. Was it? Wait, where, where did it happen? Hold up, hold up, hold up. It was in New York, right?
Well, I, well, I say it happened in New York. Yeah, of course it did. Duh. Uh, it also happened in those different areas where the Pentagon's at and in some field somewhere. Again, I don't remember exactly what it was. Sorry, I had to look that up. That's something I should probably actually know for sure. But that's the big thing. It's fearful because... Or it's an event that generated so much fear because it happened on U.S. soil. It happened here at home, basically. Whether you're on Western U.S. like territory or you're on the East or you're right in the center. It doesn't matter. Like It happened in the U.S. It happened at home for us. So a lot of people were scared of it. Imagine a home invasion. Imagine somebody breaks into your home in the middle of the night. Uh, your home alert... Your home alarm system goes off, and you don't know what you're doing. You don't know, you don't know what to do. You know, like it's terrifying. Somebody is now in your safe space, your home. Like that's yours. That's where you live. How are you expected to feel safe there? You know, that arises a whole other pot of issues. Fear is what keeps you hiding in your room. Fear is what helps you realize that you don't know this unknown assailant basically you don't know what their intentions are you don't know maybe the door just like for some reason the door just opened and the alarm went off uh maybe the door maybe your dog hit the door and it went off maybe the alarm's just faulty you know fear is what that triggers fear stops you from going out there and just being like, hello, you know, in those like in the scary movies and everything, how they just walk out and they're just kind of like, what's going on out here? Uh, yeah, that's not exactly what everybody does in real life, because that's a terrifying thing to do because you there's the, you're facing the unknown by doing that. It is your home, which makes it even scarier because you know exactly what everything's like in your home. And you'll know if something is out of place. And if something's out of place, you're going to notice. And it's just going to raise the fear factor times like 50, basically. But it helps protect us by doing so. It does also create a whole nother pot of issues when protecting us like that. Because fear is what leads us to believe things that are unfamiliar to us are scary. Therefore, it leads to hate and unreasonable bias towards people, towards things, towards places. You know, you go somewhere, you have a bad experience one time, um, you have a scary experience one time, say like traveling overseas or something like that, and you might generate a fear or a bias or you might generate hate or bias towards that place um, if something bad happens you might want to generate fear you know just, just small out uh, fear is healthy in a way towards a lot of things fear is very healthy when you're facing that fear and you're pointing it towards people or a group of people especially that's when it breaks down because you can't group people in that sort of grouping like you can other types of animals uh, fish, you can kind of throw in one grouping because they're fish, you know. Uh, they just exist, you know. And that, that's what a lot of animals do. They just exist. Uh, sharks are not like this terrible or terrifying danger creature, you know. It, they're sharks. Whenever they attack humans, it's usually just because, you know, they thought it was a seal. They thought it was a snack, you know, something like that. They didn't know it was a human. They don't hunt humans. Animals are different than people in that sense as well. And that's what, again, people don't understand because human nature is, can I eat it? Can I, you know, that kind of thing. That's uh, Human nature is like, I don't know what this thing is. I'm going to figure it out though. Animalistic nature is, I don't know what this is. I'll stay away. Kind of scary. That kind of thing. I'm going to look up uh, 
How many people are attacked by sharks? Yearly. So I can't type that. 16. On average, it is 16 shark attacks per year. But we have an entire week of television that is dedicated to Shark Week, where in those movies, hundreds of people die from sharks. Um, that's if you're not counting movies like Sharknado, because how many Sharknado movies? I mean, I see a six right here. Sharknado 6, The Last Sharknado, It's About Time, uh, is a 2018 movie. Uh, is Sharknado 7 a movie? Did they lie and make another one? No, they didn't. It goes up to 6. But I mean, like, literally, there's sharks in space. There's shark tornadoes. It's, it's ridiculous, you know? Uh, Sharknado 6, shark versus T-Rex. That makes no sense. Thank you. It's just strange. And then, of course, you got, you know, Jaws, Sharktopus, uh, Mega Shark versus Giant Squid. Is that what that is? Wow. Giant Octopus. Okay. Uh, Deep Blue Sea, The Meg. It's it's one of those things like sharks, sharks are big, sharks look dangerous, sharks look powerful, and that created us to fear them. I mean that that created this massive massive fear, you know. And you know it's just just a big thing. It's it's something that a lot of people fear, and it's it's unreasonable, but yet that's how we work. We don't know it. It's big. It's scary. It's more powerful than us. Therefore, it's scary. You know. Now, with that being said, though, something on top of that is myths. Myths surrounding specific creatures. Uh, sea serpents in basically every type of myth are horrifying because, like, you don't know what's going on, you know? Like, there's sea serpents. There are giant snakes in the water that you can't see because you can't see underwater unless you get in the water. And then you're in their element, and that's even scarier. Now you're in the den of the beast, you know, going into a bear's cave and knocking on the walls asking Yogi, what's up? I want a picnic basket. Yogi's not going to respond nicely. Picnic baskets are his, and you entered, you did knock. You know, that's a good thing. But you entered his house. Not a lot of people take kindly to people just entering their house. You're supposed to knock and wait for a response. But you didn't do that. So you can't walk in and expect, you know, a good response. You can't expect to be in the water with something like this. And a lot of myths were created in order to create fear over doing a specific thing. I've been watching River Monsters recently. And... If you don't know what River Monsters is, uh, there's this guy named Jeremy Wade who goes all around the world uh, pretty much listening to myths from towns, villages, cities, whatever, and he tries to catch them. Uh, there's one fish, if you're in the U.S., you might be familiar with, which is called the alligator gar. Now, the alligator gar uh, is in the U.S., actually. Let's see. Where is the... Uh, alligator gar fish... How the gray fin, I don't know how to say that word, related to the bowfin, gar family, the largest freshwater fishes, among the largest freshwater fishes in North America. I'm trying to find the actual where is it at and everything. Habitats. Habitat, here we go. Okay. Sluggish pools in the backwaters of large rivers, swamps, bayous, and lakes. They prefer large rivers that have large overflow flood plain. Alligator gar have been known to enter brackish or marine waters upon occasion. They're pretty much uh, 
a lot of them are in the U.S. and there's a lot of different types of alligator gar. I mean, there are Florida gar, long nose gar, tropical gar, slender gar, Cuban gar, and then just a regular like alligator gar sort of deal. And I mean, these fish are honestly terrifying. They got massive snouts, uh, big, big teeth, and uh, I would be kind of scared if I caught one because that's kind of horrifying. Now at the same time. People got really scared of these guys because I mean, alligator gar is the name. Alligators are a scary creature, right? The big dangers. But he did a whole episode where he was trying to catch these guys and debunk the fact that they are these ruthless killers. And I mean, how how large did alligator gar grow? That was one of his biggest questions. And from research, he could see uh, that they can grow up to like eight feet long. Yeah, I just had to look it up as well just to make sure. But he saw that like the alligator gar is the largest of the gar species. It can grow up to eight feet long and weigh more than 300 pounds. That's a big fish, by the way. That's a huge fish. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that that could definitely consume a person. And that's actually what he had he had kind of decided as well. An eight-foot alligator gar could certainly consume a person. Now, that being said, how common are alligator gar? Where are the alligator gar? Are these alligator gar going to be in those areas in which people are staying, you know, one of the biggest questions. And he decided, like, no, nah, they're not. I mean, not these big, big alligator gar, you know? Because the very small alligator gar can do damage and they might bite you. They're a little aggressive, especially if something's skipping on the surface, something like that. Um, and it would hurt for sure. I mean, they got teeth, like I said. But that fear was created so that you wouldn't get attacked. It's not that anytime you touch the water, they're going to attack you. It was created to keep you out of the water, basically. And a lot of the stories he talks about are that way. Um, sea serpents, you know, turns out just to be some animal that we all sort of know, I guess. Not exactly, but, you know, um, turns out to be an animal. Uh, Loch Ness Monster, I, I don't think he's ever done an episode on that, but I'd really love to see it. Um, the Kraken, we all know that's squids. But, you know, again, squids are dangerous. Little did you know, squids are very dangerous to be in the water with them. You know, uh, there's a lot of a lot of stuff surrounding, like, Australia and its waters and everything. Then again, we all also know Australia is a breeding pit for crazy dangerous monsters. So, that's a big thing, you know. Uh, you've got bull sharks in the water. You've got uh, stingrays. You've got alligators and crocodiles or I wonder if alligators and crocodiles are there I know saltwater crocs are there saltwater crocs are rough for sure it's one of those things that fear drives us to stay alive basically and that's that's a really really important part of fear now fear on that sort of topic if it helps us stay alive fear alerts us to the presence of danger and the threat of harm and that kind of flows along with the topic that it doesn't have to be just physical but it can also be psychological. So anxiety, as I said earlier, is a, is a form of fear. In my personal experience, anxiety is usually more a form of fear in the sense of, yo, there's about to be some psychological damage happening, um, not just physical. Right? Physical damage just kind of alludes to the fact that, like, this thing is dangerous, you shouldn't do this stupid thing, uh, something like that. Psychological fear can be deeper. And it can vary from person to person on what you think is psychological fear. Um, a lot of this also feeds into hate and biases. Now, I'm going to have an episode on biases, so I'm not going to dig deep into that one whatsoever. Um, all I'll say on that one is challenge all biases. Always. 
from a logical standpoint, biases are for protecting yourself. Biases are for staying away from things that are potentially dangerous and making sure that you don't you know, step into the wrong kind of uh, step into the wrong kind of neighborhood or something like that. I don't know exactly what that would be for. I mean, a bias of like where you want to go. I, w- I would say it would be more of a bias of like where you want to eat, you know? Uh, you don't want to get food poisoning. I have a bias. Uh, this one clothing brand is bad, something like that. Uh, so you stick with a specific one. You have a bias that way. You have bias on friends because it's who you can trust, something like that. So biases should be something to keep you safe. Biases should be something to help keep you clean in a way, you know? Just make sure you're staying honest to yourself. Whereas biases against a type of people, um, like I was talking about with uh, 9-11 earlier, is something you should definitely challenge. There are always going to be bad people in every single color, size on earth, you know? It doesn't matter. They come in all shapes and sizes, all different shades of, you know, the spectrum. They're good people and bad. And right down the middle. And all that gray area in between. So, challenges unreasonable biases. I'll get into that in a different episode, though. Now, when it comes to fear in itself, like I said earlier, again, it'll be feeding into a lot of episodes. So, use this as a reference episode. One reason that this episode's going to be hopefully sub-20 minutes, actually, I'm going to definitely make it sub-20 minutes, is because this is a reference episode. And, you know, it is one of those things where this feeds into so much that I can't cover it in one episode unless you want to be here for a while. And I'm trying to make this a shorter podcast. So that's going to be all for today. Uh, I will read my conclusion that I typed up first. Fear is a natural human instinct that we all experience when we're in or hear of a situation that we are unfamiliar with. Practically, it's just the definition of fear because that's what it is. It turns out to be just that. Exactly that. You know, who knew? Definitions are not filled with emotion. (laughs) But Thank you for coming and checking out the podcast today. This episode should be up on Tuesday. I am, again, I'm recording it on, like, Friday. Today is Friday, right? Yeah. I'm recording on, like, Friday, like, 10 p.m. I'm probably going to edit it and schedule it and upload it tonight, but I'm just, it'll be up on Tuesday, midnight. And if you have any other ideas for episodes, anything like that, if you want to ask questions, direct anything straight to me, see if you can get some information out of me, anything like that. Getting information out of me sounds weird, though. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, cuss words, anything like that, and you want to shoot them my way, um, since Spotify and I, some of the other platforms that this podcast is on doesn't allow you to just straight comment or anything like that, go, you know, follow me on Twitter at A-G-E Fluffy. That's A-G-E-F-L-U-F-F-Y. You get a little uh, PFB of myself there, and I've probably tweeted about biscuits recently because they're delicious. Thank you. <laughs>